0: Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSight News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at one 877 511 5483 or email her at Mother at the Station dot com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's
1: Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? I pray that you are well, that you've had a wonderful weekend, and that you are strategizing on how to become a family, the family that God would have you to be, and to raise your children as God would have you to raise them. Um, We've been reading through Society and Sanity a book by Frank Sheed uh, from 1953, and um, he explains that what is sane, what is sane is what is real. Uh, I think of Romans chapter 12, I think it's around verse 4, that um, we are told to think sanely, not too highly of ourselves, not lower of ourselves, either way, high or low is pride, Um, but to think as uh, as what is as god sees us and if we could do that with all of our relations with our spouse with our children with our parents with our friends our employees it would be a different world if we could see what is and so the premise uh, so far that we've been reading of frank Sheed's book is um is that we plan institutions we plan educational programs um all kinds of things for man, without knowing what man is. So for certain in, uh, certain goals, but without knowing truly what man is. Um, if we want to build a watch that tells time, we know why we're building it, and then it has to operate accordingly. Um, but God created man, and the only way that we can improve man, or reach, I should say, our potential, as St. Francis would say, be yourself and be that well, is to know what man is. And so far, um, very few people know that answer. Um, What is the end of man, the catechism says? It is to know, love, and serve God. But what is man? What is man? So if we want to help man to know, love, and serve God, we have to know what man is, yes, who God is too, but what is man? And uh, I'm, I'm going to continue a little bit with the reading of Frank Sheet. He says that looking at man with a willingness to accept all the evidence and the refusal to dismiss as illusion such of the evidence as we find difficult to fit in, we see him as a union of matter and spirit. An animal, therefore, but rational. And we see that spiritual part of him is immortal, with a destiny, therefore, beyond this life. So that man is a being not contained by the life of this world. He is going, not staying. Going somewhere, says the Christian. Going nowhere, says the materialist. Um, But by all agreement, going. This Life is a road, not a home. I watched a very short clip of um, uh, the Holocaust with Hitler killing the Jews uh, last night. And um, he convinced a whole civilization that Jews were animals. Um, And so what's you can kill animals. You may not like to kill animals, but you can kill animals. Um, but he had no idea what man is. <clears throat> Frank She goes on to say, it is equally part of the evidence that man is not the cause even of himself, much less of the universe. Why are we reading this, beloved? Because we're speaking about the evil coming into our public schools. We're warning everyone to get their children out of school and to examine very closely the Catholic school because much evil has crept in to the Catholic school as well with sex education, gender ideology, which has no place in any school and certainly not a Catholic school. So we're urging parents to homeschool their children, but not to bring in the public school education to the home in order to combat parents taking their children out of home, out of school rather, and teaching them at home, the government in many states has a homeschool program and it's free to any parent and the curriculum is all there and parents are eating it up. Why? Because it's free and they don't have to figure anything out and all they're doing, if they've taken their children out of the public school, they have brought the public school curriculum into their home. It's worse. It's terrible. We need to know what we're feeding our children. They are a steward stewardship from God to raise for him, for the kingdom. I'll continue now with, with the book um, Society and Sanity. Frank Sheet says, and I'll reread the last sentence, it is, equal, it is equally part of the evidence that man is not the cause even of himself. <clears throat> Excuse me, have a little lingering cold here. Much less of the universe. Man did not make himself, and man did not make the universe in which he finds himself. It is a great simplification at the moment, leading to enormous complications later, to ignore these vast and obvious facts and start with man and the universe as we find them. But starting in the middle of a story is not the best way to understand it. Whatever is the explanation of man and universe being in existence at all must have a profound bearing on what is to happen to them. It was all very well for Marx to say that our business is not to understand the world, but to change it. All experience says that if you try to change something that you do not understand, you will probably destroy it, and possibly yourself with it. And of course, that's what's been happening. For one who derides, I'm so sorry, for one who decides to face this initial question, that is, how anything comes to be here at all, there are only two possible answers that some mind brought things into being, or that the whole thing is chance. In other words, we find at the beginning of all things either God producing or an accident happening. Behind these two answers, men have arranged themselves. The men who made our civilization believed that she that the universe, rather, was created by God. That being so, I'm 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 going to reread that, and I'm, I hope if you if you count yourself an atheist or agnostic, that maybe you're listening, or will get a copy of this book, Society and uh, Society and Sanity by Frank Sheet. <clears throat> Behind these two answers, what are the two answers? Either that. That something outside of itself made the universe or that it was an accident that happened. And Frank Sheet says, behind these two answers, men have ranged themselves. The men who made our civilization believed that the universe was created by God. That being so, they assumed that one must take God's views into account. It was not thinkable by them or by me or one would have thought by anyone that if God bothered to make men at all, he did not care what man did with the existence thus given him. That seems a little foolish, doesn't it? It is, if anything, even less thinkable than what God wishes does not matter. Why did God make the universe? Of course he had a purpose. Anyhow, what is certain is that the whole structure of civilization known to us was built upon the foundation of belief in the existence of God and the importance of God's will for human action. That foundation has been a good deal eaten away, partly by denial, but mainly by sheer neglect, and no new foundation has been attempted. Beloved, we're going to stop there for today. Um, we can go on, but I, I I, think we need to take this in smaller bits and really think about that. Think about what we're reading. It may be very difficult for for you to grasp it just by my reading it, but certainly you can get a copy of Frank Sheed's book if you wish, and, um, and um, and read it slowly and carefully. I think, I think it's the answer to all the craziness that's happening today. I think it is the answer. Why are we here? Who made us? What is the purpose of man? And if if man decides the purpose of man, uh, which is what's happening today in the political system, in the social system, then we're in trouble because evil. Fallen nature is in charge, and man wants to control man and his existence, and man determines who is worth anything. But see, none of us determine that. If we know that we're priceless, if we know that the God who made us in the universe became one of us, that's how strong his uh, idea was, his goal was, to make us like him and bring us to happiness in heaven forever. And here we are on earth, we've lost sight of why we're here, we've lost sight of what man is. Parents mistreat their children, thinking they can do what they want with their offspring, not realizing that their offspring are a gift from God to do with according to the reason He created them. And we abuse our bodies, uh, drugs, and every other way. Um, Not knowing, I was going to say forgetting, but not even knowing, Why man made us. And um, I remember my Protestant pastor saying something I've never forgotten and which I think is true. He said that all religions, because Romans chapter 1 says that we are made, every one of us created with the knowledge of God, the knowledge of his existence. We know that. We don't know that he's Jesus Christ. We don't know the Bible's his word. That took special revelation. But we do know um, by our very creation that there's a God, and all the heavens, uh, the scripture says, declare His glory. And so we've lost Him, we've fallen from Him, but but we're not complete without God. So we try to complete ourselves by using things, and using one another. That's what the whole sexual revolution is about. People are not in love. You don't, you're you not in love when you abuse someone. You're not in love when you live with someone who's not your, properly your spouse and you're not properly married. Those are your emotions, but that's not love. Love does not send someone to hell, to a Christless eternity. There's no love in that. Everything is completely selfish. Um, it's just to get what you want Um, to fill the need that God made for him. We distort it. We try to fill it with drugs and sex and success and money and homes and uh, fashion and a thousand things. But nothing will ever fill it. As St. Augustine said, our hearts are restless till they find their rest in thee, O Lord. And that's true. That's true. I've told you before. I lived all my life, well, at least since I'm 10 years old, I can remember wondering what it's about. Why are we on the earth? What is mankind for? For what? Of course, to fall in love, get, grow up as 10-year-old, 10, 10 I thought to grow up and fall in love and get married and have a family and raise them, and then what? And then what? And then what? And then what? You see, and you could say, well, didn't the Jewish people believe in heaven? We believed in God, and we believe that heaven was where God is, which is true, but the purpose of our life on earth, we didn't know. Um, uh, To get to heaven, yes. To do good, yes. No question about that. But still, what was its end? What was it for? To know, love, and serve God here, and to be happy with him forever, The thought of knowing God, beloved, for me was Twilight Zone, some fancy that people dreamed up. And when I met a group of Jews for Jesus when I was in my Jewish world, and they said that God made us to know Him, to have a relationship with Him, I said to them, and the thought was too fantastic, come on, you know God, I said to them, you know God. He talks to you. You talk to him. You know him. I knew there was a God. I knew something very little about God. But you know God? You, little peanut, know God? Come on, there's something very wrong with them. There was something psychologically off. But they were so committed in the life they lived that I knew that What they believed was worth dying for. And that's why they lived for it. And they, nothing, and I I assume came came to, for me, uh, nothing is worth living for if it's not worth dying for. Why are you living for it if it's not worth dying for? Why? And then I gave my life to Christ by his grace, and the world changed. The world utterly changed, and I was new and then 18 years later, blessed be his name, um, I came into the Catholic Church and learned that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who no one could look on and live, I knew that, yet became man, became one of us, to die for the sin that separates us from God and to give us new life, life to all who will come to him. It's, it's really, uh, we couldn't have made it up. And my Protestant pastor said that all religion, all religion, except one, is man, mankind trying to get back to God. All religion is man trying to get back to God because there's an emptiness in his soul. What St. Augustine called a God-shaped vacuum, there's an emptiness. And all religion is mankind trying to get back to God except one, the one that God gave, and he only gave one. He only, he didn't give multiple religions. He didn't will multiple religions. He willed that all men be saved and that we come to know him, the religion that God gave. And uh, when we didn't get it, he became one of us to bring us to him. That's the story of Christianity. All other religions struggle to do everything, make sacrifices, cut themselves, dance around bonfires, meditate, do everything to get to God. But no man, no man can get to God. And so in an unbelievable act of love that was never known before and will not be known again because he did it once and does not need to repeat that, God became man. And came became among us as a little vulnerable babe, and grew up and died on the cross for the sin that separated us, not him, he had no sin from God, and rose from the dead, a victor or the grave that we could have life if we come to him and trust that he is the only satisfaction uh, to God for our sins he paid the he paid the price um Uh, Oh, there was a song I sang in my Protestant days. Um, He paid the price he did not owe. I owed a price I could not pay. I needed someone to take my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, amazing grace, all day long. Christ Jesus paid the price that I could never pay. I wake up every day beloved consumed with that thought oh let me see i was 30 a month before my 33rd birthday when i gave my life to christ so i will tell you that is 40 years ago 40 years ago i gave my life to christ and i wake up every day and of course i didn't have the whole christ till i came into the catholic church then i had the whole christ the sacraments, the communion of saints, the Blessed Mother, the magisterium, the true teaching of the Church, all of it. I had a home on earth. I had heaven on earth. But I'm flooded with that every day that I wake up. Do I have problems? Who doesn't? God makes sure we do, because that's how we grow. That's how we're pruned. Excuse me. (coughs) Course, we have trials. It's the only way we grow. Um, in fact, we were listening to Father Ripiker yesterday speaking at St. Mary's in Pine Bluff. I don't know if he was there yesterday or it was a video of before a uh, previous visit he made, but he had an hour talk. You can look it up. I would recommend it. If you go to St. Mary's, Pine Bluff, and then put in Pine Bluff, Wisconsin, and put in Uh, Father Rippiger, R-I-P-P-E-R-G-E-R, he gave an amazing, he's one of the top exorcists of the country, and he gave an amazing, or or the world, an amazing, amazing homily, amazing talk on demonology, on uh, our, our really spiritual warfare, not demonology so much, but our spiritual warfare. And one thing that really, really struck me is that I've often said that nothing touches me, nothing touches you, if you have faith in Christ, nothing touches you that God does not allow, no trial, no tragedy, nothing touches you, it doesn't mean God caused it, but that he's allowed it, and if he's allowed it, he's allowed it for good. He works all things together for good, not for everybody, but to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Father Ripiger said that even the demons, they are controlled by God. And if you are attacked by spiritual warfare, by demons, you are, uh, whatever the trials come and they're demonic, God has allowed that. God himself has allowed it or brought it to you um, uh, for your spiritual growth. And uh, Father Rippiger said that he sends, our Lord sends the exact demon you need for the exact problem you have. Too much pride, he knows what demon to send you. Um, Too much, um, I don't know, um, um, whatever it is. Whatever it is, you, you want patience, God knows what demon to send you. Whatever it is, it, it, it he said, God uses the demons for our growth in virtue. It's an amazing thing. You see, beloved, God it is who made us. God it is who has the end for which he made us, to know, love, and serve him, to be happy with him, um, to serve him in this world and be happy with him in the next it doesn't mean we can't be happy with him in the world. I'll tell you, um, I am a happy camper. I am. Do I have trials? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, I do. Blessed be his name. Blessed be God's name. But I am happy. I know that God exists, and I know him, and I will live with him forever if I don't turn from him. So uh, there's the music for our break, beloved. Feel free to call in with anything at all on your heart. Doesn't need to be our topic and you can call in anonymously toll free 1 5483. You can text at that number as well or email at mother at the station of dot com. We'll be right back.
2: This is Father Mazer. Please join me in a prayer honoring Our Lady's Immaculate Conception. O God, who by the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary you prepared a worthy dwelling place for your Son, we beseech you that through her intercession we may be purified from all sin. Amen. The Station of the Cross offers online tutorials to help you get the most out of your iCatholic Radio app. You'll be introduced to our latest features and the opportunities available for not only listening to our live stream, but also to a variety of podcasts of our shows, prayers, and special presentations. For these tutorials and more, click on the iCatholic Radio link located on the stations page of our website, thestationofthecross.com.
1: And you are welcome to call in with anything on your heart. We've got a whole half hour to ourselves. And the toll free number to call or text is 1 511 5483 or email at mother at the station of We have Selena on the line. Hi, Selena. Hello. <clears throat> How are you doing?
4: I'm uh, pretty good. I thought it was uh, so crazy that. I just started watching, and I was able to call and to to be able to speak with you so thank you
1: well, thank you I'm glad you called. I think it's crazy too, but it's great <laughs>
4: well it's just I feel like i there's a somewhat of a lack where where we live of um people who are very like like teaching the bible, but in from the male and strong male perspective and then from the kind you know female perspective there's just a lack of that so mm-hmm. We never ha- we, we feel like we have nowhere to turn, but I know that God is just doing his thing, you know?
1: He's doing his thing. You're so cute. He <laughs> always does his thing. The problem is we do our thing. That's the problem. I know. <laughs>
4: We're very fortunate. Like, I am very fortunate to have his, his blessings and his love because I uh, came from a really... Like, where I was doing a lot of bad things that would hurt him and his, like, his, you know, because he loves me.
1: Yes.
4: But... Thank goodness he, he's the one that keeps loving me.
1: <laughs> That's right, Selena, because he's a God of love. That's yeah, right. I'm, no, I'm glad sure. you have that confidence.
4: Thank you. My uh, question, I'm not very eloquent, so I'm going to try, try to make this concise for you, is um, me and my husband, my husband came to the Lord. He was going to university and uh, just studying history. He actually came to know the Lord. Just from the, he could see the true there documents. And then he started yeah. researching it. And, and he became Christian. He didn't tell me at first because I was very, he knew that wouldn't fly with me because I was very independent and, and angry. Like, I wasn't a very good person. And so he just slowly started to encourage me, like, in very strange ways. A sneaky and then we came to Christ together. And it was wow. the most beautiful thing. Um, we got, uh, at the time, we had been baptized as babies because we both came from French Roman Catholic. Like school, Ooh. but um, we both fell away. I don't think I ever knew Jesus then. Just, right. I just don't think I was paying attention. And uh, so we got baptized again because we thought we'd have to have the believer's baptism because we went down the Protestant road
1: okay. at first, mm-hmm.
4: and now we feel i I love everybody, and all denominations are they have respectable things, and I love that, but we feel we've called we've visited all of these Protestant churches, and they're so full of not full of but there's definitely like um an encroaching feminism like female pastors and things like that that we can't yeah. we don't feel right to do to go to that good but I'm wondering you said you came from a Protestant background. Could yeah. you explain to me? What it is that that just that took your heart there, so that you to 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 be a Catholic, because that's what we're considering now. Mm-hmm. It's just maybe we're just at the wrong church. Not that we can't feel God, but just that.
1: Right. We want more. the kids
4: to have a fulfilling <laughs> spiritual relationship too, and I don't want them to think it's empty. And if they do, they'll fall. They could fall away from the faith, of course. Like, like we did.
1: Of course, Selena, you know. <clears throat> I uh, like you. It's a it's a great grace on your heart that you feel that that you're searching for more. It's God. It's it's a it's a gift from God, um, and there is more. And of course, I was a Protestant. Uh, you might know I came from a Jewish background, and then I was an evangelical, very fervent uh, evangelical Protestant for eighteen years, trying to save Catholics. Actually, my pastor was um, uh, very anti-Catholic, and I had an ex-Catholic who taught me and all of that. So <clears throat> I learned terrible things about the Catholic Church, all the misconceptions that are out there. And um, one day I was actually listening to a series of tapes by a man named Scott Hahn, H-A-H-N. A H N. I didn't, hadn't heard of him before, I didn't know who he was. Um, And I was going on staff with a Protestant church full time to head women's ministries. And I was listening to these tapes, which my brother, uh, I got through my brother because my brother had become Catholic and I had been taught the Catholic church was the whore of Babylon and Satan's system and a false religious system leading millions astray. I wanted to save my brother. So I was listening to tapes by Scott Hahn, and it was tapes of what was a Presbyterian minister who became Catholic, and I thought, forget that one. He could not have had a personal relationship with Jesus if he became Catholic. Forget that. And I listened to the tapes in order to get ammunition to save my brother, and at the end of four hours of those tapes, this Scott Hahn, who was in debate on the tapes with a a Presbyterian minister, on all the issues of the Reformation, <clears throat> grace and works and faith and all that. He said a sentence, Selena, that I just, that God used to pierce my heart. He said, For the one who will look into 2,000 years of church history, the church, not just the last 500 years, which is, you know, the Protestants call Lutherans Wingley and, and um, Calvin and all that, they're their fathers, but that's 500 years he said, go back 2,000 years to the, the, to the apostles um, and those that they discipled. Um, and he said, for the one who will look into uh, 2,000 years of church history and the church fathers and all of that, he said, to that person will come a holy shock, his words, holy shock, and a glorious amazement to find out that what he had been fighting and trying to save people from, which was me, um, was the Church Christ established on Earth 2,000 years ago. And at that moment, again, a God who caused me to want to save my brother from being Catholic uh, sent a an electric bolt through my body, and I was paralyzed for a second, and I said, oh, no, don't tell me there's any truth to this thing. I didn't believe it for a second. But the impact of the moment was so strong that I knew if I did not look into the Catholic Church, the teachings of the Church, whether I came to believe it or not, I would be turning from God. For me, Selena, that began a close to five-year agonizing journey for me to the Catholic Church. And I looked into all the issues that separate Catholicism from Protestantism, I read the scripture for the first time from Genesis right through to the end which for us was Malachi at the time uh, rather than Maccabees um with Catholic eyes and I came out Catholic it's an amazing thing. Selena there's our break music can you hang on till after the break? Yep, yeah, no okay. problem. Okay, okay, great. Um and in the interim anyone is welcome still to call in um uh toll- free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the we'll be right back
2: If you're new to iCatholic Radio, welcome to the free mobile app of the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. It's available for download on your Android and Apple mobile devices. If you have any questions about your new app, please contact us at thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-877-888-6279. Through your new app, you can listen to podcasts of shows, conference talks, and prayers. View our programming grid, call us directly, and check out our mobile website. You can even learn how you can promote iCatholic Radio in your community. Connect with us through social media and financially support the programming you love. That's all available on your iCatholic Radio mobile app. Thank you for joining our iCatholic Radio family, proclaiming the fullness of truth with clarity and charity.
3: Are you having a hard time keeping up with all that's going on these days in the Vatican? Did you know that LifeSite puts out a monthly print news magazine in beautiful, full color? Our magazine, Faithful Insight, gives you all the most important coverage from Rome and lets you read it away from the computer, phone, or tablet. It summarizes dozens of new happenings down to the essentials, but provides full analysis on all the most important developments. Faithful Insight brings you the coverage of the Vatican that you know and expect from LifeSite in a different form. It has received high praise from cardinals, bishops, priests, and faithful who want to stay abreast of the most crucial battle in our time, the battle for the soul of the Church. Subscribe today at faithfulinsight.com.
1: um Mother Miriam Live I always almost said heart to heart with Mother Miriam which was what the program was called in the past Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross and Lifesite News I'm thrilled to be coming to you um and um you can call in last 15 minutes uh, if you wish to call in with something today um uh, anything on your heart toll free 18775115483 or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. Selena, dear one, are you still on the line? Yes, I am. <clears throat> All right. And, and beloved, if you've joined us late, Selena was curious as to what convinced me to become Catholic. She and her husband, um, after a time, um, gave their lives to Christ and are in, I, I'm guessing, different forms, searching out different forms of Protestant churches and, and curious now as why for anyone would become catholic baby so um that was the 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 thing now um i had a lot of good guidance on the way during those five years reading because my brother is as uh, fervent and faithful a catholic as you could find and he gave me very good books to read so selena i'm for time's sake right now i will recommend a couple of books to you if you wish Um, To begin with, uh, go ahead and get Scott Hahn. Scott and his wife, Kimberly, she almost divorced him when he became Catholic. Um, And then she became Catholic. So she was a Presbyterian minister's daughter. And so they wrote a book together, Rome, Sweet Home. It's a wonderful book, Rome, Sweet Home. The second book I'd recommend is Carl Keating's book. Carl Keating is the founder of, of Catholic answers and pretty much known as the father, uh, the modern father of apologetics, um, and so um, he wrote Catholicism and Fundamentalism, and he wrote it to combat every objection to the Catholic faith, uh, mis, uh, from the misunderstanding of of, of Protestants. Do you worship Mary? All that kind of thing, which of course Catholics don't do, and and Carl um, answers all those objections wonderfully from Scripture. The third book I'd recommend you, Selina, and I'll I'll stop with these three, is the book that had the most impact of my coming into the church, and it is The Spirit of Catholicism by Carl Adam. <coughs> the Spirit of Catholicism. By Carl Adam, A D A M. I recommend those three and um, make Catholic Answers, Catholic.com, a good resource for yourself on purgatory, on Mary, on just about any subject you have. Go ahead to Catholic.com on the web and they've got a search box and you will get, you can always call them and speak to their apologists, but um, you'll get wonderful answers from them reliable answers. Does that help you?
4: Yeah, yes, and I just appreciate it and I just wanted you to know that um I actually only started watching and listening recently, but it was just because thank you so much for being such a wonderful example. It's just it, I could almost cry. I'm a very emotional person. I could almost mm. cry with just how wonderfully you're presenting the Lord and that's what really got me to think uh, and to try to make that extra because if you're making it and you're doing it so well, I know we all have sinned, but just you're doing so well that it really it kinda of shined a light for me and I just thought I would I would consider it. Uh, so just you're doing a wonderful job and thank blessed you. Blessed so be God.
1: Selena and and God may God as Paul wrote to the Philippians, complete in you the work that He's begun. He will do that. He will oh, do thank that, you sweetheart. So much. Okay, God, God bless, bless. You. Thank you. God bless. We have an email from Jeanette. <clears throat> and Jeanette writes, I recently have been digging deeper into my Catholic faith. And from that, I have come to realize that I would like to homeschool my kids. I have four kids. I hate the word kids. I want to say children. I have four kids, two of which are in public school. I have been expressing to my husband that I would like to fulfill my vocation as best I can and quit my job and be a stay-at-home mom and homeschool the kids. He is not on the same faith journey as I am currently and does not agree with any of it. I would like to ask for your prayers and any advice you can give me on this as well. Thank you and God bless you. Well, Jeanette, dear one, to fulfill your vocation is to have your husband know that he is your first vocation, not the children. So if you've given him any indication that you want to fulfill your vocation as best you can uh, by quitting your job and being a stay-at-home homeschooling mom, that he may feel a little left out of the picture on that one. Your number one vocation is to be a wife and a mother, but a wife first. Children will learn love by how you love their dad and how you respect him and how you honor him and how the two of you are one. So that's how you approach it is very, very, very important. Selena, uh, just, um, um, uh, gave us an example of a husband who came into Christianity and she was against it, they weren't faithful, they weren't Christians when they married, all of that and he was very, very subtle with her, very gracious slow, he respected her and eventually she came to believe as well, it, it needs to be that way, your husband must be first, not your agenda not even a good agenda for the children, you, your husband must be first, so um, you've got a lot going here. Quit your job and be a stay-at-home mom. That's a whole different subject. You've got to figure that out together. I don't know what your financial situation will be if you quit your job and all of that. So the I would suggest that the way you might begin now to go about it is to bring your husband uh, articles and get to know very specifically what is happening in the schools that your children are going to with ideology, uh, gender ideology, sex education, um, paganism, all of that. Find out very, very clearly. Bring that home to your husband, not as an argument, but as a shock, as a presentation. And if the two of you can agree together to save your children by keeping them and bring them the benefits of homeschooling, and present all that to him and say, sweetheart, we may be ruining, we, not I, may be ruining our children by sending them in this day and age to public school. And if you agree that homeschooling would be an issue, would be a, would be good, would be a path, then you'd speak about how to do that and if it means you're quitting your job and all that. But the goal is not to quit your job and stay at home. The goal is, is to keep your children Catholic and to raise them for heaven. And that's something that you and your husband hopefully will do together. And when you say he's not on the same, let's see now, what did you say? He's not on the same faith journey. I don't know what faith journey means. Are you Catholic? Are you on a journey? Is he even a Christian? So I, I can't fully answer you um, in that Uh, without that information but but the very least is put your husband first talk to him bring him information and say sweetheart whatever we do can we try to bring our children home and to keep them uh, Christian uh, and raise them for heaven and keep them from this evil Um, okay Andrew we have on the line hello Andrew good morning Good morning, dear. Do you have a question?
5: Oh, yes. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Of course. Um, my, que- my question is um, in your search for the true faith, and I was just listening to what you uh, said to that nice woman. Um, in your search for the true faith, um, when you went back to the early church, yes, I was wondering why you chose uh, Catholicism over, over the Orthodox Uh, Christian
1: Church. Yes, and I actually did do that. I did choose Catholicism over Orthodox Christian, primarily because I went back to the beginning when there was no Orthodox Church. It was all Catholic, and I I believe, which you may know yourself, Andrew, that the split between the East and West took place over a theological issue, the filioque clause, and political issues as well in 1058. I think that was the year. Not positive. And so um, they're valid. The sacraments are valid. I, I came to understand all that, but they're not under the Pope. And I read another book from Cardinal uh, John Henry Cardinal Newman uh, called Essay on the Development of Christian Doctrine, and that convinced me that uh, we are sheep, and that God has uh, a Papa over us, a Pope, his vicar on earth, and that the Pope was that vicar, and uh, to, to be under him is to be in the Catholic Church, which is why, and, and I began to see already the splits in uh, Orthodox Christianity, and so uh, for me, uh, because of the papacy, uh, I became Catholic.
5: Okay, may I just make one comment?
1: Of course, of course.
5: Um, From my history, you know, because I did some research myself, back when in the early church there was no Orthodox or Christian, there was only one church. That's right. And then at at the schism, it was 1054. Thanks. The church is basically split split in half. Right. But prior to those prior to the split, all those ecumenical councils, when they came together, yes, there was patriarchs from many different countries that came together.
1: Certainly there one from
5: Rome, but there was also Constantinople and Antioch and right. those other churches. And then right. at those ecumenical council meetings, there was a consensus there as amongst all the patriarchs. So there wasn't anyone... There was someone sitting at the head of the table
1: The Pope, it the, but the, it still had it was, the chair of peter at the head
5: right there was there was that honorable position but every he was the first of equals he was the first of equals he would be but every single patriarch in that seating, sitting there had the same amount of power as the one at the head but he had the I I cannot agree with you dear
1: andrew power. Andrew, dear one, it, it wasn't a place of honor. They were not equal. Jesus said, on Peter, he would build his church, on that rock which is Peter, and he became the first pope, the first head of the church. And the pope does call himself one bishop among equals. Yes, but he is the head. He is the. If you. I tell you what, um, Andrew. Um, uh, there's a book written by Steve Ray, and it's called The Keys to the Kingdom, and that might be helpful in all of this. Uh, uh, and and uh, Steve Ray is, is a convert to the church as well, a very, very wonderful convert. Um, and he had an awful lot to deal with uh, coming into the church, as, as do... Uh, as did any convert who was serious, who read their way in. Um, And he deals with the keys to the kingdom, and he goes back to Isaiah chapter 22 with the king of Israel. Uh, When he left, he put the keys, his keys on the shoulder of his vicar, and the vicar would be his representative on earth, and uh, nobody more powerful because he was the representative of the king, nobody that held more, not just honor, but power and authority was the issue there and so um, as Christ is our king, uh, he chose Peter as his vicar and so Peter became uh, Christ handed Peter the keys to the kingdom as Hezekiah did in the Old Testament and Peter has the keys which make him which makes him the very vicar, the very representative of Christ on earth, with everyone else um, uh, really subordinated to him.
5: Okay. Uh, this this would be just my last comment. Yes. And thank you very, very much, and I understand your position. Um, but um, I remember the—I can't recite it specifically, but I do remember the um, scripture reading when Christ said, you know, you are the rock, you are the foundation of the church— but that was based upon Peter's, St. Peter's faith, not on the person of Peter. The person Peter was very insecure. Um, you know, yes, he doubts, and, and unfaithful. He denied, he Christ, denied Christ three, nine, three
1: times, but, that's right. But Christ chose him, and it wasn't just um, his faith, it was truly that christ took him and made him his vicar truly the head of the church Um, uh, acts 15 was the first council where peter stood up because he was the head of the church i'm so sorry andrew i don't want to speak over you but it's the end of our program maybe we could speak again another day god bless you dear